Uh-oh, Linda has a bit of a potty mouth. Is that because I just talk about pottying all the time? Yes, and there may be a swear <laughs> word or two, but nothing too big. No, so just uh, be aware if you have kids, this episode may have a bit of potty language. So, but not like a like not like a number two type of language. It's like a number one. Yeah. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. We hope everyone is staying positive at home. It's um, I mean, it's been quite a few weeks now. Yeah, it's been a few weeks, and I it feels like time is flying by faster. I don't know if that's because time just feels like one big blob, or yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> I, I literally have no idea what day it is either, but we're definitely keeping ourselves busy. As we mentioned to you guys, we have been checking in with listeners, trying to see how people are staying positive, what they're doing to stay busy and connect with their community. We're actually at the end of this episode with Heather Morris. We hopped back on a call with Colton Underwood, who was one of our past podcast guests. Colton actually tested positive for COVID-19, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about his struggle with that and how he's using this as a platform to be able to help educate the people around him from his experiences. We're so happy to see that Colton is healthy now, and it's incredible to see that he's using his voice to to share his experience so that other people take it seriously. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really scary, especially if you have someone you know that that is infected. And I, I don't think we should, well, we definitely should not wait until, you know, one of our friends or family is infected to take it seriously. No, that's, that's exactly it. And the fact that he didn't even know how he got it and he was being very cautious. He was staying in isolation as much as possible at the time. And so it'll be great to chat with him. I think it'll be eye-opening for all of you guys. Yeah, we'd love to hear stories from you on how you're staying healthy and happy at home. We want to be here to share good news and share news of how you know everyone around the world can help one another get through this because we are all in this together. So you can hit us up on Instagram. Feel free to DM us or you can email us at feedback at athomepodcast.net. Also, our guest on the podcast this week is Heather Morris. She pre-recorded with us before we were all in isolation. I loved the conversation with her and I love how she opened up. And then at the end of this episode, we'll have our conversation with Colton Underwood. Let's dive in. I was just getting really excited. That's great. That was very oh, gleeful. <laughs> guess what happens tomorrow? It's Linda's birthday tomorrow, guys. Oh, I thought you were more excited about introducing the the episode no i mean heather morris is amazing and we will get to that but you are my number one lady and Aww. it's your birthday tomorrow it's also earth day that means linda More is the ultimate earth, it's baby. earth day tomorrow well i think that's More important importantly. for me you are the most important thing in the world thank you i just got bonus points uh anyway <laughs> i and it's april's birthday today Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. How did I forget that? I better text her before she reminds me that I forgot. <laughs> um, so you have your 30, am I allowed to say? I don't care. You have your 64th birthday tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited? I'm so excited. I'm going to go have some warm milk. I'm so excited. Um, 35. How does it feel? Almost 35. Almost 35. You have one day left. What do you, you're one day before you turn 35. What are you going to do? Uh, probably dance around in underwear. Same thing I do every night. Yes. That's what keeps you young. Um, eat cake. You do that every night too? Mm, yep. 
<laughs> Cookies in bed. So nothing's going to change. No, nothing's going to change. No, that's great, which is perfect, actually. <laughs> I heard that 35 is the new 40. No, wait, how does it work? <laughs> 35 is the new 20. So, <laughs> but you also have amazing genes. You're 35, but you still look like you're 19. Yeah, it depends. I, hey, this is how I feel. Okay, thank you. you can't argue with how I feel. Yeah. How do I look? I don't now, care if now, I look 35. Now it's your turn. You, you are wearing a red sweater. Your Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Your kneecaps are so beautiful <laughs> and they have all the right curves and all the right places. How about my bunions? And your bunions match mine. No, no. Your, your bunions are that of an 85 year old. <laughs> But uh, everything else is beautiful. Um, yeah, welcome to At Home with Linda and Drew Scott. <laughs> this is where we talk about bunions for an hour. Who's in? I and can then- feel the love. <laughs> I can feel the, the buns. buns. <laughs> well, it's uh, At Home with Linda and Drew Scott. We love hanging out with you guys. We have an amazing guest this week. We have Heather Morris. Gleeful chat with her. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Very terrible. Smart. It was very subtle. Uh, also, I want to point out too, you guys sending in your feedback, sending in your questions, sending your comments, you mentioning who you want to see us interview. We listen. We definitely listen. And guess what we're doing next week because we listen? We are chatting with Jonathan Scott and Zoe Deschanel. Yes. I'm, I'm trying to make a really low voice, but then I just sound demonic. But... Uh, <laughs> What's uh, how come you and I both? Whenever we introduce Jonathan and Zoe, our voices go down. I like don't this. know what possesses us. Now from my own, I'm going to go up here like this. <laughs> oh, the I'll, chips, the chips. Mickey Mouse will do the the announcements for them. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, Jonathan and Zoe. Uh, but yeah, so this week is really exciting for Linda because I think you watch Glee every episode. You've probably seen it, and also when you were in high school, I kind of feel that that was you and your friends where everything turned into some sort of a musical number, no matter where you were. So we had musical theater. It wasn't as, you know, we weren't living and breathing musical theater as much as we wanted to. Oh, come on. Okay, Linda's best friend, Rodney, is- I mean, he did. Yeah. I think I wish I had, but I was shy. Yeah, right, okay. Um, But yeah, we did it through musical theater, which was so fun. We would have to wake up super early and help build the sets, which was my favorite thing and then run lines and then we would change words to musicals to like inappropriate words. Um, Very mature. It was very mature, but it was, it was fun. So do do me a favor. What was the one, what was your best theatrical performance? Even if it was just like a one-off in a class or something, what was your favorite that you remember? Okay. Best and favorite aren't the same. My favorite was doing the, um, the Keystone Cops stuff. Like the Charlie Chaplin style yeah. things. That was fun because he just felt so silly. I, I think anything that was letting me like let out a bunch of energy back in my theater high school days was fun for me. I remember in elementary school, there was a performance and all of the school was performing. It was called Wheels. And it was sort of like the evolution of the wheel and everybody performing oh, different aspects like of the, the wheel. precursor to Cars. Uh, maybe it could have mm-hmm. been, but I can't remember the songs or anything like that, but all I remember is our teacher thought Jonathan and I were so amazing on stage that they had cast us in every single one of the performances. And I even performed in one that was a different classroom. It wasn't even my classroom. And I was like, should I be doing this? But I wanted to be on stage so bad. I'm like, I'm doing this. And last minute, somebody actually bailed out and I had to fill in their spot. Anyway, so basically- So 
Did you ever get nervous? Because so every time Drew is going up for an interview or show or anything, I always ask you, are you nervous? Because I want you to be nervous and you never are. No, I don't. Unless it's for like NBA All-Star stuff. Yeah. And then you get the butterflies. But it's the very first time you do something. So the first time I played in the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game, I was a little bit, you know, nervous. And it's (laughs) the first time that um, I, you know, did a a keynote in front of 10,000 people, okay. I was nervous. So were you nervous more as a kid and you just got so much practice that you got used to it? No, actually Jonathan and I, I don't think we really got nervous as kids because we were always willing to go out there and we always just thought if we embarrass ourselves, it's gonna make people laugh and mm. we love making people laugh. I would be so nervous that I would have nightmares of, of being on stage just before the curtains open and forgetting everything. And then oh, yeah. actually being on stage, I would get such stomach aches. Really? Like the worst stomach aches. Like butterflies, like heavy butterflies. Like like butterflies pooping in my stomach, <laughs> like throwing up in my stomach. So yours were actually like little like piranhas in your stomach. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm sure I did. I had a little, because I didn't want to mess up my lines or anything like that, but I was really good. I, I would study hard and I want to make sure I got it right. And then I remember I had this, you know, pretty angelic voice for a little guy. And I remember our church choir, um, teacher or whatever you call her, our head of choir. Um, she had called me years later after I had been in her choir and she used to have Jonathan and me singing for her and she called and asked me to come back. But then I had, I had gone through puberty. So my, my voice wasn't the same. So I, I think that was my angelic voice years were over at that point, but I, I loved it. Any, any kind of performance I love. And anyway, I mean, when you have somebody like, you know, Heather and all of her castmates that just have amazing voices and she can dance, killer dancer, um, I think that's sort of that. Way and she also combo. has a dance podcast now. The dance room. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I think she asked us to be on it, right? Because we're such um, impactful dancers. Mm-hmm. We have yeah. our, we've created a new style, the Lindy it, Hop. Oh, I love the Lindy Hop. Yes. It's the Lindrew Hop. That, no, that's an actual dance. It is, but right? we're, we're Lindrew Hop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the, the drooling hop where we just like slouch and drool. Yeah, too cool. We're the guys cool that are on the edge drool. of the dance floor and we just kind of give that look and like shake our hips a little bit. We don't actually dance and that's all we do. I think we can pitch it to her. I am really excited to share this with you guys because uh, not only do we have a lot of fun moments in this chat with Heather, but she also digs really deep as well to talk about some of her struggles and where she really started to realize that she wasn't happy in aspects of her life and she wanted to dig in and understand how she can move herself to a place of happiness. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, we were really grateful that she was able to share all of that with us because it it is so easy to share all of our successes. Um, but part of that success is, is dealing with the crap that, you know, comes yeah. along with it. I think it's um, relatable. So yeah, like everybody totally. has yeah. Everybody has the good and the bad. And it was nice of her to share her tools of, of getting, not getting over it, but just moving, moving, learning from it and moving on. Yeah, embracing who she is mm-hmm. and, and really working towards that wholeness that she wanted to feel. Mm-hmm. So, all right, everybody. Here we are diving in with- Who was that? Heather Morris. You'll never know. <laughs> Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. 
Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices like my lights, my locks. (laughs) My security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. I can feel the love Bouncing off these walls Shining through the windows Reflecting like a rainbow That's where we belong Yeah, it feels like home say so now are elijah or owen taking after you or are they like that high energy they i they are crazy yeah <laughs> they are so much energy and i i just sit on the couch and watch most of the time because i cannot match any of it like i'll have oh, like yeah. spurts where i'll stand up and play and like yeah. do stuff and dance with them and i get excited and then i'm like i'm tuckered out i gotta sit down for a oh, second yeah, like welcome to my age uh well actually you're a lot younger than i am but uh i think that's so funny. i find now we'll have our nieces and nephews out playing and before i was i was that kid i was always go 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 i would yeah. play soccer or basketball for like 10 hours all day long, but now I'll get out there for 20 minutes. I'm like, I am done. Yeah. I just don't know how boys do it. No. It's just a boy thing, I think. Is it? Yeah. Like our our nieces are kind of the same, but it's whether it's just out there dancing and goofing off or having fun of they they like sports too, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you're in a house. Whatever their bigger brother does. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. But you're in a household of boys. So how's that? All boys. It's crazy. It's just like nonstop. I don't know. I watch them go running around in circles around the house for like, minutes on end and I'm like how are you not like how can you how are we going to learn how to sit still is what my question is let's like let's practice let's practice yeah. sitting still we actually put a timer on my phone the other night and sat on the couch and I said let's see how long we can sit still for <laughs> with a timer on the phone and it was so exciting to look at the time 30 like seconds. The, the time going on first we got two minutes oh, and wow. then we got six minutes and then we got 13 minutes and my oldest was so excited about it he sat there for 20 minutes oh wow and like on the phone i was like just this is a hack i need to tell everybody i know Ah, get the timer on the phone don't give linda too many details because she'll probably use that on me yeah (laughs) Yeah. sit still for 10 minutes and meditate yeah Yeah. the problem for me though is when i sort of sit still it's not a matter of sitting still just to kind of enjoy the moment um if i'm not out there talking or doing all the things i do then I'm catching up on emails because it's a never-ending yeah. stream. And so sort of that frustration that we have is we like to set a deadline at the end of the day where no more phones after this, but it never sticks because there's something I have to respond to that's a deadline for, you know, an order for one of our projects or something. Right. And, yeah. The yeah. whole thing is, like, it's you have rules so that you're aware of it, but we're going to always have to bend them. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. It does get annoying, though, when you do bend them a lot, and you're like, yeah. God, if I, I just don't know how to change it. Yeah. It's one thing to talk about it, but it's another thing to actually put that into action. Yeah. Which it's something we're constantly yeah. working on. Working together, one yeah. of the biggest problems uh, is that we, even our downtime, where we wanted to spend time together and really connect, yeah. we end up talking about work. 
And so because we're lucky to like it enough to right. want to talk about it. Yeah. I'm always curious about that with couples. Yeah. I always wonder, even driving here, I'm wondering, like, what's the dynamic at work? Because they do work together and they do a podcast together. Yeah. Um, as we talked to my husband and I want to do work together and we want to create a show together. But what will the dynamic be like? Will it yeah. be more tense? Will we be more annoyed at each other? Like, it's just... I always find but that you guys you know work so awesome. together on the biggest project ever, raising kids. Which is kids, yeah. 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 So you have a sense of, you know, obviously what, what that's like. That's true. So it made me feel a lot better. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's but, the hardest job. No, but when, when I, I think like a lot of woodworkers, I assume, are like your husband as well, where they like to take their time handcrafting this project yeah. and they're that sort of steady, slow pace. So yes. how would that dynamic work if you guys were going to work together? So we, um, he's obviously a woodworker and I like to do design. I like to do DIY stuff and I always have, but as we've beaten the dead horse, I do get very antsy and I have ADD. So I just don't have time to sit down because I have kids. Yeah. Um, but I do want to take the time we've spoken about maybe creating a show where either we put it on ourselves um, or we've spoken to some companies, but we want to do a DIY, um, a quick something where we can teach our viewers to either make like a feature wall with wood or make a, a beautiful shelving unit or we want to do maybe like an outdoor play area for our kids or like a fort. So cool. just a couple episodes to show people how to do stuff. That's pretty yeah. cool. So yeah. you're doing a fort right now. We're absolutely going to do a fort. Oh, it's already designed. Cool. My son made like a three-story fort. He designed, he designed his that's own fort. This is a new show here. It's the whole family, not just you and Taylor. Yeah. Oh, no, be. it's just all of us. Yeah, that's, and that's cool, though. Um, I think what's best, especially with HGTV, if you look at all the hosts, they're doing what they do, and then HGTV happens to just make a show Document out of it. it. That's the perfect recipe it's for gonna a great It's going to be show. so fun. Yeah. Yeah, and if it starts in our home, I know he's going to be more inclined to be himself and be the crazy Taylor that I know. Other than sticking him in front of cameras and on a new set where he doesn't know anybody, you know, that's where someone goes into their shell mm -hmm. and kind of hides. Now, Crazy Taylor, though, will that, you know, a lot of people, you're right, if they're not used to cameras, they go into their yeah. shell, but Crazy Taylor could make for great TV. Exactly. Yeah. So is he going to look Taylor. like the neurotic woodworker? His hair's all over the place. and Crazy Taylor has, like, wood <laughs> shavings all over him. He comes in and terrorizes everyone and tickles everybody and gives me a hard time. It's just... All right, so you know? this is... He sounds we, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's how... Yeah, it's what was, I want everybody else to see. Yeah. If this was a new show, then that could be him with new homeowners that you guys work with. Every day, every homeowner he meets, he tickles. I think that... No? <gasps> tickle, no. tickle me, Taylor? Tickle me, Taylor? Oh, my God. There it is. I have a new name I'm going to tell the kids about when we get home. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> Give me one second. I'm going to remind Tori to keep the banging down. Oh. thought it was the ghosts. Um, Do you guys have ghosts? No. I don't. So, I mean, do you think there's ghosts? I think there's. I think there there's are, something. Yeah, there ha, there have to be ghosts. Well, I, I do think some of the houses. The, we were actually renovating a house um, in this neighborhood, and our our construction teams were you know, were going to go in and assess the house, and so I had walked through and I gave my notes, and then they were in the different rooms checking out what I had said. So <laughs> we were walking through the house and we're checking things out, and my team had to go back, and they went upstairs into one of the bedrooms. And when they were in the bedroom, they said the doors shut. There were two doors in the room that shut. And they're like, that's weird, maybe just the wind. And they went over to try and get out and they couldn't open the door. And these doors don't have locks. Like they're, they're not locks, it's just a handle. And they said, they, and it's not like it was someone too weak to open it. One of my, my lead contractor, Donnie, or my construction manager, 
he actually tried. was like physically trying to turn. He could not turn it. He's like, it was the weirdest thing. And then they gave it like 20 seconds. They're like, this is weird. They tried again, open, no problem. So they said that happened But you twice. haven't experienced it. I haven't experienced it they at all. They like you guys. Yeah, well, yeah. hopefully. But well, Linda, they do. When, when we go into one of the houses um, here, we knew the fellow that lived there and um, Fred, and he was a, a sweet guy and we got along really well with him. Whenever Linda goes into the house, she always says, hi, Fred, and she's really Every friendly. time I walk by the house, I just say, hey, Fred. Yeah. Oh, just to be nice to the spirit. He was such a sweet Fred. man. But yeah, so I believe there's some. As a kid, I thought I had seen some, some ghosts. Have, yeah. So did you think you had at one point? I've absolutely experienced ghosts before. Really? I need to hear this. Yes, yeah, so I stayed at a hotel in Santa Fe, New Mexico for a film I was doing. Haunted already. Haunted. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the oldest yeah. towns in America. Yeah. I mean, it's pre, you know, it's the Spaniards lived in um, Santa Fe. And I stayed at this hotel, and when we got to check in, I, I don't remember if I asked... But the lady told us that it used to be an old hospital. Oh. And immediately I'm like, oh, it's haunted. Can you tell me a story about anything? Like, tell me something so I'm prepared. Yeah. I'd rather know in advance yeah. than find out later. And you know they're probably briefed ahead of time not to tell their guests right. things because they don't want to scare them. them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so a week into filming, and I didn't know that's the time, but I, I could not sleep one night. I just, like... You know those weird sleeps where you're like in and out the whole yeah. night and you're awake and asleep and I kept hearing footsteps all like above me in this whatever the second floor I was in the first and it kept me up all night and I'm like oh my god this is crazy I called the front desk and I I <gasps> told them to stop I got to work and I was like Damien I slept so bad Damien was my co-star at the time I was like, I slept so bad. Uh, that, honestly, when you said Damien, I was like, oh my God, you're speaking to Talking the, to the devil? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> Which yeah. is crazy that his name's Damien and yeah. stories, whatever. Um, and so I, I went to work with my co-star. I'm like, Damien, I could not sleep last night. I had a worse sleep. He was like, oh my God, me too. I could not sleep last night. So I found out like a week later, I went to hang out with him like in his room. And then I went back a couple days later. I was like, wait. I texted him and said, Damien, is your room 204? And he's like, yeah, why? I'm like, my room is 104. Oh. Were you up that night that this whole thing was happening? He was like, no, absolutely not. I was sleeping the whole night. I was not running around on my floor. I was not like making noise. He was the room above me. Hmm. So there, we and were he, definitely multi-haunted that night because he said that creepy. there was like voices around him. There was like people oh yelling. That, that is, I got yeah. a little bit of a chill. Yeah. yeah. But I love stuff like that. So like Lynn and I are different in the sense that I have the kind of interest in staying in one of the haunted rooms. So we, okay. were, in, we were filming in Galveston. And we went to this mm. hotel that's supposedly haunted there. And same thing, I started asking like the, the guy at the front desk. I asked about any haunted stories. I asked our server if there's a story. And then one of the guys that worked there ended up saying, oh, I'll take you around. They gave us a little tour. of the, And he took us to this room that's supposedly a haunted room. And I was like, hey, Linda, do you want to stay here? Why don't we stay for a night in the haunted room? She's like, fuck no. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> hell no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Yeah, and like so. So then we were thinking like my older brother was about to get married at the time. Now, now he's married, but JD loves that kind of thing too. And I'm like, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we go and take JD for his bachelor party and we'll go stay in one of the most haunted houses mm -hmm. in all of the U.S. 
And then at that point, I was like, okay, hold on a second. What if something like imprints on me and I bring it back and it's, I don't or know. Or you get these, possessed. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, there's too much unknown. It's like going to see the Annabelle doll, you know, where the, that actually is in the no, house. No, I don't. Like, I some, don't want to know about dolls. <gasps> yeah. I hate no. dolls. Did you know this? You know the Annabelle doll, right? No. The, there's the movies, Annabelle. Yeah. And it's the really creepy looking doll right. with that like warped With human porcelain. face. The porcelain yeah. doll. That's not what the real Annabelle doll was. The real life Annabelle doll was a Raggedy Ann doll. You know, the cute Raggedy yeah. Ann round face. I yeah. wouldn't say it's cute, the Raggedy but Ann doll. Yeah. But that's not. Red Hooded Doll. Cute. But yeah. it was possessed. Yeah. I, I was scarred for life when I watched the Chucky, Chucky movie at age four. Same. Were you? Same. I watched them as, as, as a kid. So as a kid. kid. Yeah. I snuck in to watch it one Christmas evening when they were watching oh, something. Christmas. And I watched Chucky and I slept in my sister's room for four years straight. I almost exaggerated and said six. Like four years straight I slept in my sister's room. Because I was so scared yeah. of that damn Chucky was, doll. Oh my gosh, it was so creepy looking. They did the remake. I didn't watch the remake. No, no. I, I watched Child's Child Play 1, not. 2, and 3, though. No, really? <laughs> no. as a kid. Well, Lin- Linda's parents had a... A DVD or like a, re- a movie rental shop. And so, so we would watch all of the new movies that came out on onto Laserdiscs, actually. They were never restricted. They literally were we allowed watched, to watch. You watched everything. Yeah. I don't know why, because I, I love scary movies, but I regret it afterwards. So we watched The Exorcist. Yeah. We watched As a kid. dolls. But I, I can't believe, like, my mom had a, a suitcase of, you know, some of her toys and things when she was a kid. So she yeah. had, uh, when, when she was a kid, she's now 75, but she had this little suitcase. And I remember finding one, because I love old trunks and old suitcases, yeah. old cameras, anything old, I'm fascinated. And I saw this one day, she had this, I don't know if it was in an attic space or a basement space, but it was tucked away and I'm like, mom, what is this case? I found it. I thought it was just a part of the house and I had found it. And she's like, no, that's my old case from when I was uh, a little girl. And she's like, it has some old toys and stuff. I'm like, can I look inside? Can I open it? She's like, sure. And I open it. And as soon as I open it, it was full of the creepiest looking I'm dolls. Because sure. it's the ones back in the day with porcelain and they have really yes. tense faces. And when they yes. sit up, their eyes open. Oh, oh my gosh. I had nightmares I, as a kid. Yeah. I stayed on a houseboat when we were growing up that had those porcelain dolls. Why would you put porcelain dolls on a houseboat in all places? Ooh, that's scary. But they were like on shelves in the Watching houseboat. You. And I sl- I was forced to sleep in that room. <laughs> that's and so I, I, those dolls specifically are so gross. Tell us from your childhood, um, you know, your, your dynamic with your siblings and then also getting into dance because you started at a really young age with I dance, did. right? Yeah, I started dancing when I was 1. One. One years old. Can you even walk and I was a very early walker. I started walking when I was seven months. Um, I, we, we were originally from California. So my sisters were both born up in Venture area and I was born here as well. And then um, my dad's job moved us to Arizona uh, when I was about three years old. And I was dancing ever since. Always grew up like in the studio. When there was dance competitions, I was in the aisles, like moving and never sitting still. And did your sisters dance? They did, yeah. Okay, so that's why you were exposed to it. Yeah, at, yeah. yeah. They, okay. were, they were both dancing okay. at a young age, and I was like, I'm going to do what they're going to do if yeah. they're dancing. Um, so yeah, I've been dancing since I was little. Um, were your parents really intense about it? They were not, no. Uh, very laid back about it. My dad, um, he was a workaholic. He worked six days a week and didn't work on Sundays. And when he wasn't working, he was just working at home and doing stuff. So he was there for competitions and stuff like that, but you know, was just excited that we wanted to perform and do stuff. He mm-hmm. would videotape us around the house, putting on dance performances in the living room and just egg us on to do more and put costumes on. He loved it. 
And my mom just, you know, took us and picked us up and was like, the taxi is what they called her. She had like a big, crazy, like stalker white van that brought everybody to dance class. Oh my gosh. Um, so she was the original Uber. She, she was the mother. She was the original. She was the mover. Mother Uber. The mover. Yeah. <laughs> she was the original mover. Yeah. And, and so... Um, you ended up having your big break for TV, if I get this right, on So You Think You Can Dance. That was your first TV I did, yes. Right? I auditioned for the second season of So You Think You Can Dance. Um, made it to top 40 wow. and didn't make it on the show. But I can take it back a little bit in saying that I never wanted to do, I never wanted to be a dancer and I never wanted to do like TV or film or anything. Um, I just didn't think it was realistic. I didn't think as a dancer you made enough money. Mm-hmm. And so I went to college and found out that that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do any other career other than be a dancer. Hmm. So then I auditioned for the second season of So You Think You Can Dance and didn't make it, but I was like, I got to do this. I got to go out to L.A. and and try this. So I moved out after um, I auditioned a few months later, um, and I booked Beyonce like six months after I moved out to L.A. I saw that. I'm like, you just get a call. Hey, it's Beyonce. Come be on my dance troupe. No. Uh, (laughs) No. In my mind, that's how it went. No. I had to work for it. So you're out there auditioning for, for projects and yeah. but that's still that's pretty but quick. Six, six months. Weeks. It was very quick. Oh six yeah. months or six weeks? Six, six months. months. Oh, okay. At least it's still six quick. Weeks. Six months. Still yeah, I moved like out nothing. in September and I got the job in January, February. Wow. That's cool. And how long were you with her? I was with Beyonce for two and a half to three years. Oh wow. Yeah. And how was that experience? It was amazing. I mean, I was young and I was eager and excited and um yeah, I mean, we got to travel the world mm-hmm. and see everything. I got to go to Thailand. I got to go to Africa wow. and, like, spend time with local tribes in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. We got to go to Canada, like, everywhere we, except for South America, which I was super bummed about. But we got to go see everything and dance really at the same cool. time. Yeah. And did you, at that point, did you ever think that dance would actually open you up for an opportunity to get into acting? Had you ever thought about acting? I did. When I was younger, I secretly always wanted to be an actress, but I was so shy and introverted, I just never had the balls to do it or speak up about it. I mean, I'm the youngest of three girls, so like the last thing I'm going to do is beg my mom. You know, like I just sit in the corner and play and be quiet, and that's mm-hmm. my job as the yeah. youngest. Yeah. Um, so I was very shy about stuff, and I never thought to ask my mom to like move to L.A. or do stuff like that. So I definitely always dreamed of becoming an actress or a singer or things of that nature, but mm. when it came to doing something about it, I just never did it until I had come out here to dance. Did you come out here by yourself? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah I had some friends out here, but yeah. Yeah. came out here for work. And, and was it right after Beyonce, um, that two and a half years, is that when Glee um, popped up? And Yeah, I so I... <laughs> It's the craziest thing. Um, I decided after I was working with Beyonce that I was going to become an actress. And, you know, dance still wasn't the big thing for me. I'm like, dance just isn't it. Like, I'm not making enough money. Even though I was happy, even though I was successful and everything was in line for me, I still decided I'm going to give acting a shot and I'm not going to be dancing anymore. Mm. I will put that away for now and I'm going to focus on acting for a whole year and if that doesn't pan out, I'm going to move home. Why on God's earth would I decide that's a good idea when I'm like successful and making money? Yeah. Um, but I did it and I started taking acting classes. I actually wrote Beyonce a letter and 
her artistic director and my agent, I was like, I'm gonna be focusing on acting. Please don't send me out on calls. Um, I was financially stable enough at that time because I had made enough money to put away mm -hmm. to not have to be working as much. Really dove into acting. And I kind of was assisting Zach Woodley at the time, who is was the choreographer for Glee. Mm -hmm. So I was helping out just on the side with some jobs he was doing. He was doing like Swingtown and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So he got the job for Glee and he was like, hey, they're asking us to do the single ladies dance. I know you've done it. Will you mm -hmm. come in and teach the actors? I'm like, yeah, of course I will. Um, so I came in and I, I met the actors and I taught them. And he knew at the time that I wanted to be an actress. And he had also like radly, when I was on set on other points, like gone to the director and said, hey, this girl wants to be an actress. Will you give her a job? At one point I got a job on a movie because he did that. Like That's straight so on set. It was like, he's an angel. Yeah. He was like... You know, was try he was my advocate. He was trying to get me jobs. So when I went in to teach them this dance, he was talking to Ryan Murphy on the side and was like, this girl wants to be an actress. Like, give her a chance. And I know they were really just looking for people who could dance because when they auditioned the actors for the show, they weren't saying to them, like, hey, you're going to have to dance soon. It was more like, you're singing and acting. This is what it is. Mm. Yeah. And then they found out later they were dancing. You know, like, it was... Mm not in their future they would be dancing. So, but you're, and then I, I heard too that, so you were brought in helping with the dance side, but yeah. then your, your character, actually Brittany, was originally just sort of almost a background character. Yeah, I was just- One-liners. Yeah. So did you audition for Brittany? So I didn't. I came in what? to teach them like twice, and Ryan Murphy had set me up to do like a test, or just a read with him, you know, come and read for him twice. Both times I came in to read, he, canceled and didn't come in and then uh, I got a call from my agent like a couple days later that I got the job as this character. <laughs> like what? what? <laughs> Wait. And and then and then that character was a background character maybe just to do a, a one line here and there ended yeah. up being uh, pulled for because they saw your talent and you became one of the, the lead cast. Yeah. I auditioned uh, before getting into hosting. I was auditioning a ton if only I had that kind of ease. I had I had to go listen the grind, I tell you. <laughs> you listen, get a different I, grind. I get it. Yeah. I mean I'm there now. I totally understand. Yeah. I got pulled into the job like and was so eager to be an actress, obviously. Like was just trying my hardest to impress Ryan and everybody that was there and was like putting on these characters and uh, making everybody laugh. And that's when Ryan came in and saw this and was like, oh my gosh, it'd be so funny to make her character like that. And so that's kind of where that spun from was yeah, like nice. me trying to make people laugh. And where did that come from? Like did, in your training as an actress, did you do comedy as well or was that just I didn't. You? Oh my God. I would, yeah. I grew up being like, my sisters and I were so goofy and I'm a dry person in general. Like most people don't understand dry people if they aren't around them, but I'm just a dry person. And um, yeah, I didn't do comedy. I actually went to school for acting for like, it was like serious drama, like mm -hmm. Meisner technique. Oh, wow. Like intense, it, it was, I, people consider it a cult actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to I Meisner school. I studied a little Meisner. Uh, I didn't go to school, but I studied some of the similar sort of practices in the schools yeah, that methods. I was in. Methods. And, um, the methods. Yeah, it was. It can be a little cultish. It's very cultish.
ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. <laughs> Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. Can I take us from there for, for your life? And then when, when did you meet Taylor in amongst everything else that you were doing? We actually met right when I moved out to LA. I, oh. We're both originally from Arizona. We knew each other from high school. I moved out to LA and he reached out on MySpace and was like, hey, MySpace. whenever you come in town, MySpace, whenever you come in town, like let's hang out. And I did. We went to Denny's on our first date, like oh. 19 years old, like baby children. Went to Denny's to hang out, and we <laughs> were dating long distance for a couple years pre-Glee. And, you know, long distance can be testing, mm-hmm. and it can be hard. So we took our break, knowing that we ultimately wanted to be with each other. And so we've been together since we were 19 years old, wow. off and on, you know, given That's those amazing. times where we were like, let's just not do this for a bit and, yeah. you know, not ruin the relationship, because we will. So do your boys dance as well? They do in the living room. Yeah. They definitely love to turn on some. Right now it's Baby Shark hip hop version. Mm-hmm. I don't know his name. It's like Lil Daniel or Little A little Brandon. Something. Yeah. And Wait. it's like Baby Shark do 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 do. I have videos of them turning this on and dancing in the living room. It's a huge fad right now That's for them. Gangsta Baby Shark. Oh, they love it. But is that? I listen to so much hip hop in the car. There's one song whenever it comes on, any of my friends or or. Or JD and Jonathan or Linda, they'll turn and be like, Drew's song. Return Do you remember? Of the Return Mac. of the Mac. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mark Morrison. Return of the Mac. You know that I'm, my hand's voice is kind of like this. <laughs> I'm back to run the show. Yeah. And then he went back to jail. Um, but uh, that song, so when I was a kid, that or like a late teens, yeah. early 20s, when it seemed whenever that song came on, it was just when I was entering the room, and so our friends would make fun of that that was my theme song, Return yeah. of the Mac, every time I walked in the room. And one time I was living out in Vancouver. Jonathan and our buddy Pedro were in Calgary area visiting our parents in mm-hmm. a small town, High River. And they were at the club in High River, and that song came on. They looked at each other and like, oh, I wish Drew was here. This is his song. And I had literally just come out to sneak into town to surprise them, and oh, I literally shit. walked in the door right as that song came on, and it blew that, their that minds. That is crazy. Yeah. So it's out there. So Mark Morrison, <laughs> thanks for my theme song. Yeah. Mm, what's, your, what's your song, your favorite song? To what's my favorite to? song? Yeah. Oh, God. Like hip-hop song or yeah. just in general? In general. What, what, what do you like to... Oh, I love a good salt and pepper. And Vogue is super fun oh, yeah. to listen to. Like, nice. Those are some oh, good yeah. jams. Classics, yeah. So, you know, we actually did when we were... Um, how, Jonathan was doing magic when we were kids. But at 16, he was ranked third best in North America. But Jonathan what? started getting a bit of a, you know, a bit of an ego, an about, ego it. about it. And then he started getting like local in Vancouver, like local breakfast uh, breakfast show or whatever, wanted to feature him. He did a couple of small things. And so he's totally like, I'm Jonathan Silver. Have you heard of me? Jonathan Silver. So funny. He doesn't have that ego now. But back then we made fun of him. And we ended up getting, uh, there's this event coming through town called Snow Job. Did you ever hear of Snow? It was a big party where they would have, the, it's like a hip hop festival, the big names. Anyway, this in this small town where they had it, there was the celebrity hotel where all these big bands and celebrities stayed. Okay. And then there was the regular hotel for all of the people coming to the concert. Okay, so did Jonathan stay at the... We got to go to the celebrity hotel because of Jonathan Silver. So when we drove up, I remember the person at the gate when they were supposed to let us in, they're like, no, that hotel over there. And then Jonathan's like, 
do you know who I am? And the guy's like, how old was he? We were 18. I, okay. I think, oh, se- I was assuming Actually, he was like a 10 year old. Oh, oh, no, no, at this time, I think we were 17, <laughs> 17 or 18. But Jonathan was like, uh, Jonathan Silver, and looks at the guy, and the guy had no idea who Jonathan Silver is. Like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir, this, this way, this way. And we drove in, and our room was between LL Cool J and, and En Vogue. Yeah. I want to know what En Vogue is up to. That's my question. I don't know, but I, I would love to see them. They're listening right now. This is. I hope so. Yeah, and they're well, going to be Well, don't they have count. those uh, 90s tours? They the do. Do they? Yeah. I'm sure they do. Well, Are they, they part of some. that? Yeah. Well, like Vanilla Ice has one that, that he coordinates. Shania Twain. and Gwen, Gwen Stefani. Um, Shania Twain is amazing. On Dancing with the Stars, she gave me my only 10. Did that, she? Yep, that was my only 10. That yeah. I, Just because you were Canadian. Yeah, because I was Canadian yeah. and she's awesome. I was really disappointed when she performed on Dancing with the Stars. How was your experience on Dancing with the Stars? It was good. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun. It was definitely hard. Uh, I just had my kids, so I was like, all I want to do is oh be gosh. at home. And, mm-hmm. you know, my child was like seven months old or something oh like that. Oh, my gosh. But I had come, I was in a point where, I mean, I've opened up about this to a lot of people and on Instagram, but... Um, Coming from the show on Glee, I was very unhappy. Hmm. And I've vocalized a lot about, you know, starting at the point where I had kids, I realized how unhappy I was and where my happiness was being pulled from and, you know, where I wanted to focus it on. And so doing Dancing with the Stars was not much after that. And I was just not in a good place Hmm. for it. Like, I was not there for the right reasons. I was there for money because I needed to make money so that I could pay for things and, Mm -hmm. you know, take care of my kids. Um, But I had this this, um, idea of people that I had previously worked with or people that I had experienced in the industry who are not nice people, who are Mm. just, you know, they are stars or they just, we know people in industry that are like that. And so I kind of went into Dancing with the Stars assuming everybody was like that Mm -hmm. because my time with, famous people has been limited. I mean, I've known a lot of famous people. Some are great, some are not. But I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to go in this and everybody's just going to be a dick. Like, nobody's going to be fun. And I was so surprised at how awesome everybody was and Mm -hmm. how how everybody was in that show for the right reason and there for the goodness, uh, spreading happiness of spreading Mm -hmm. their story. And I think it was like my first time I sensed that and noticed it Mm -hmm. and was... I think I, I had an ego check at that time. Now, your partner, though, Maxim, yeah. Max is known for being the tough coach. Right. Uh, and, and sometimes people give him the bad rap, but he'll even say himself, he's like, no, he's here to win. He, he's a hardworking yeah. guy, and he wants his partner to work yeah. hard. So you're also extremely hardworking. So did you guys mesh right away, or was there any conflict? There was not. We worked well right away. Yeah. He got hurt maybe the first or second mm. episode in, so we didn't have a lot of time to work with each other, which right. kind of was a bummer. Um, yeah, we had a blast. He had just had a son, and so I think it was a different time for him, and he was mm. very happy to be there and also really excited about his kid, and we bonded over that, and that's probably why the producers put us together mm. was because yeah. he was a new dad, and mm. you know, I was a new mom, and just kind of getting the joy out of that's cool. us yeah. together. I, I got along really well with, with him and, and Val, and, and one of I our good them. friends, Victoria Arlen, was Val's partner, too. And, oh, yeah. And, the way that he really helped lift her spirits yeah. um, through the whole process too was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually, at that time, I was not nice to Val. I was like not. I just didn't understand who he was, and I didn't get his vibe 
because he's a nice person, but for some reason I didn't see it. And I was like, I just didn't understand him. And I at later in time when I, I went through everything I had to go through and I understood my ego and what, what I could work on, I went back and I was like, I am so sorry for how I treated you and what kind of person I was at the time that we met. And I could tell how appreciative he was because he didn't understand why I had a problem with him or what my issue was. He was like, I don't get it. You know, mm-hmm. like, where is this coming from? So did you guys actually have conflict or you just never, No, like, I just was not him? a nice person at the time. Like, I, mm-hmm. and I'm sure for Max, I was super weird because it's his brother mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all that. But I just was like, I didn't give him the time of day. I was like, who's this guy? Who's, who's Val? Who, everybody's obsessed with Val, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just wasn't. Well, you know what, I, I gotta say though, that's a pretty big thing um, for you to sort of swallow pride and, and or, or whatever you're realizing in yourself to be able to come back and say, I'm sorry for that. And yeah. It's, it shows growth for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. And self-journey is always huge and it's always a big process. And I don't want to preach ever the wrong message, but yeah. it's humbling and it's, it's a lot of work, as you said, to mm-hmm. put in and see things for what they are and you know, looking back in the past and seeing things that you've done or that you want to change that you wish you would have done differently. But really, it's just like, what can we do moving forward to yeah. to either help relationships or if the other person isn't willing, like, let's just be a good person and, you know, see how it goes. Yeah. And, and you said that Dancing with the Stars was sort of your prompt for an ego check. Yeah. After after yeah. that journey started, like, how did you continue on that journey of you know self realization? I think it. On, I mean, it. It's always been a process, and it's always been a long haul. I think it's definitely a generational thing. I think a lot of us now are like, oh my god, it's our parents. Blah blah blah. Like, if I were to ask my mom why she's upset or why something's bugging her, I would never get an answer. Or even my father, like I would never know things about them yeah. that I wanted to know that I couldn't just ask. Like Same, it couldn't yeah. just be like, but why? Let's just talk about that. Why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think now we're all saying, well, why? Why am I feeling this way? What can I teach my kid mm-hmm. so that they can say it out loud instead of internalizing it and then having like this crazy spiral that can prevent us from work problems, from relationship problems, from health problems, like so many things that stem from, from yeah. you keeping something inside. Right. Mm-hmm. And how did you physically do that though? Like, was it, was it going to therapy? Was it talking with Taylor? Was it um, through more dancing? You know, like yeah. what, what were the tools that you used to actually help you through I that? journal a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it started with me journaling and writing down everything that I could. Look into the past, future, present everything that, yeah, yeah, just be present. I mean, and also like lack of work, it's, it can, it can test your ego a lot, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah. I think that that's a huge thing is like, I don't know if God is teaching me something or whatever it is, but if you're going to be a dick, maybe I'm not meant to be a dick. Maybe somebody else can keep having work that's meant to be a dick. Mm -hmm. You know, like people we know, they can be assholes and they can get away with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm not meant to be that way and that's not why I'm working. It's because I was a dick at some point and everybody else doesn't want to see that from me. They want me to be a good person. Well, I, I, we've always believed that you, you never have to treat anyone that way ever um, to get ahead in life and to right. get ahead in what, what you do. And I think that's, I think we've all had our moments where we, we've had our dick moments where we've right. been rude to somebody or we've been short with somebody. But I really think it shows um, great 
how, how, how great or how much you've grown too, that you can, you can respect how you were before and you've apologized to people for how you were before and then you're, you're learning and growing. We all learn and grow. Right. And I mean, I, I can even remember you know, some of our early production days too. I, I'm sure I came across as being a real jerk sometimes with certain aspects or certain interactions, but I wasn't meaning to be. No. I was actually just, I was so new to this and my mind was racing and I'm thinking of other things yeah. and then I would have been short with somebody not realizing it. That's so, hard. That's hard in our workplace yeah, yeah. is. But com- coming off of Glee, you said that wasn't a happy or a good place in your life. Was that yeah. just because you were working so hard and that was the only thing you were doing or was it the contrast of working on that show constantly and then not It was doing that after? I didn't have the tools or knowledge how to handle what I was feeling. I... Because I got the job the way I got the job, I didn't audition for it. So I didn't work hard. Yes, I worked hard. I, I did all my work, you know, growing up and I, I put my work in. But like I didn't audition for that part. So I always look at it like when you work hard for something, you reap the benefits and you appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Whereas I didn't audition for this job. And so I kind of just got handed this job and I was so um, like nuanced and excited in the beginning and like, I'll do anything. I will, you know, I'm here all the time. I'll be here 16 hours a day. I'm so happy. I'm so mm. thankful. Like never let the negative part come in because I was just so happy and excited yeah. that everything was great all the time. And I was nice to everybody. And then I would go home and be like kind of mad or upset because I, I'm just not allowing all of my emotions to go through. You know, like you need to let the good and the bad come in, not just the good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it got to a point where I was smoking weed all the time to like level out and become myself and like kind of went into a hole and like just something was coming out of me. Like I was becoming what I was suppressing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like mm-hmm. letting it come out slowly um, at, at work and also at home. And so just in the middle of it all, like I just became so unhappy and I didn't know why because I just wasn't like mentally, I wasn't, mm. I wasn't in the right path. You know, I wasn't- You weren't processing I wasn't everything. processing yeah. everything. It was really just, I mean, it was my kids when I got pregnant. Yeah. That was the turning point to me giving to somebody else and you know, just seeing things for what they hmm. really are and seeing the real world and yeah. what my real happiness was with my husband and my kids mm-hmm. and not work. You know, I, I find it that work can be, everybody has their own personal struggles, whether it's relationships or, you know, your family or your, or alcoholism, anything everybody has struggles with. I guess mine is work, you know, my mm-hmm. Achilles heel is my work. Mm-hmm. I just have never found a balance with it and that's, what I strive for the most is finding balance with work mm. and family and stuff. You have two kids, almost four and six. Right? Yeah. So what would you say for us is, you know, hopefully you'll be parents in the next year or so. What would you yeah. say are a couple of key pieces of advice that you can give us? I would say anybody who gives you advice is good. Take all the advice you can get. <laughs> you know, I'm somebody who learns the hard way. So if you tell me something, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to learn it the hard way. Mm. Um, I, weirdly now, I'm like, why did I not babysit growing up? Why did I not like watch kids and learn that way? Like if you can be watching your nieces and nephews alone as much as you can, that's probably the best way to learn that you could. Mm. Cause if you're not doing things like that, you're gonna be handed your own yeah. child and you're like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to let them cry at night. I don't know how yeah. to change their diet, like just things. 
you know, and of all ages, like my six-year-old, that's a whole new learning skill yeah. and learning level. Every age is different. Because huh. kids are so smart these days. Like with our nieces and nephews, I'm, when they're like three, I'm like, I think I was just drooling at that age. Was I still in a diaper? I have no idea. <laughs> but then I look at them now, like they know how to open, they know how to unlock a, an iPhone and they know how to get into the games or a show yeah. that they like. Or you say things around kids thinking that they're not really hearing you and whatever. Oh, they hear everything. They hear everything. Can't they're say anything. Like yeah, they're, they're always listening. Yeah. I'm gonna name my kids Siri. Be like, hey Siri, stop listening. Alexa and Siri. Yeah, Alexa, could oh you imagine? God, that'd be hilarious. I'm sure someone's that'd be hilarious. Hilarious. I hope so. I don't know. It's um, so here's here's one big debate: diaper changing. Okay. So Linda and I have had it out regarding diaper changing because it was John. Jonathan was the instigator. We were at a family dinner and we were all talking, and Linda had said something about you know. You know, yeah, I'm looking forward to changing diapers and whatever else, whatever else. I'm like, I am not looking forward to changing diapers. And then Jonathan's like, oh, you don't want to change diapers, do you? And then it was a big uproar. Like oh, the whole okay. family was saying to me, like, what? Drew's not going to change You're diapers? Like, I How just rude said is one that? word. Yes. I'm like, all I was saying is I'm not looking forward. Of course I'm going to do it. But who wants to change a poopy who diaper and get peed on? Right. Who wants exactly. to get shit on? Yeah, exactly. it's going to happen. Who wants pee in their mouths? Yeah. So <laughs> the worst is when you get the flu and your child also gets the flu. So then they poop and you change their diaper and then you know what happens because you have the flu and you're, it's just the things that uh. happen when you have kids is crazy. <laughs> but why, so. Like my, I, I, I will People be. say when it's your own child, it's different. Really, it's still Poo shit. It's still shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's still throw up. And then, yeah. but you know, it's I would say. It's adorable throw up. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, make him wake up at night. I always wished I would have made my husband wake up to feed the kids. Um, I always admire people that share the <laughs> workload. Can so. I share the workload in a different way? Well, no, what I said to Linda, like, to, to me, it doesn't seem fair. Like, I, and I don't know what, when you can switch over to like, like bottle feeding or yeah. whatnot, but how is it fair that you have to be the one who has to get up every night multiple times yeah. to, to feed? Just because so you I, have the breasts. Yeah, too. because you have the if breasts. If you're breastfeeding, yeah. I wish I could lend my breasts for <laughs> yeah. that. But um, I think, like, yeah, there, there, there's got to be something extra that we do for support. Even if we're just there to be with you while you have to deal with it, I think that's well, yeah. uh, an important thing. She can pump and then you can feed. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. baby at night. And then a baby gate. Like, I was always like, oh, that's so weird to put your child in a gate while they play with toys. Oh, like they a have pen. to learn to sit somewhere and, like, play by themselves. Yeah. yeah. You know, like self-play is very key to yeah. having your own peace of mind and doing things you need to get accomplished. They'll learn how to self-soothe when they want to just, you know, play. Entertain mm -hmm. themselves, yeah. yeah. I but, think that's important as adults, too. Yeah, exactly. We don't give ourselves enough yes. time, you know, with nothing scheduled. Yeah. So your podcast, yes. uh, The Dance Room. So what made you want to get into the podcast world and, and what was that experience? Teach us. Teach us about the podcast world. Yeah. Um, I was like searching for dance podcasts, trying to find something, and there was like two that weren't even on iTunes. They were like their own private hmm. podcast thing. And I was like, God, why is nobody doing this? I'm going to start this. Let's create something for dancers. So I pitched it to Podcast One, and um, you know, they were super on board with it right away, excited about it. And yeah, I've gotten to interview a lot of really cool people that I myself would love to hear from. We have Brian Friedman and uh, Maddie Zegler, who. Cool. So big choreographers yeah. and, uh, and sort of talking about like um, 
origins of dance or different styles of dance or just how they go into it? More so I'm interested in how people grow up. And like, you know, as you asked, what makes somebody them? Mm -hmm. Um, I got really interested in that. And now it's just like, it's fun to hear stories. I always like to ask, what was your first job? Like, what was your first dance job? Or what was your first job in the industry? What's the craziest thing you've been asked to Mm. wear? Because (laughs) dancers are put in the craziest shit you can imagine. Like, like bird costumes and like just the weirdest things. And you're expected to still move gracefully. yeah. (laughs) That's your job. That's what you have to do. And that's why I never wanted to be a dancer. You know, like, what are you doing out there? Yeah. And then you start doing it and you're like, oh, it's fine. I'm making a thousand bucks today. It doesn't even matter. Nobody can see my face. Who cares? (laughs) You know? I remember on Dancing with the Stars, they took me back to their past show wardrobe area and they actually have these like, shipping containers basically all lined up behind the studio and it's all the old costumes from previous uh, seasons and they kind of reuse some of them or repurpose some of them but it was blowing my mind how much was stacked back there like thousands of outfits just like what you're saying though like like over the top bird outfits and anything you can possibly think of and you're like can I take one home? I know. And they're yeah. like, no, sorry. You're like, yeah. you have so much here. Can I just I, take one? I literally asked, did you? I asked them. Oh, I'm of like, course I, I did. I said, I just want one. And um, they're like, no, we can't really do that. But I had a, a hookup. I won't say who because I don't want them to okay. get fired. But yeah. a hookup said, you know what? Just I might happen to forget that this one mm, outfit yeah. goes. That's my I favorite. do love how they reuse everything. Yeah. They do. Right. And they but all look so great. Yeah. Yeah. I should have put that in my contract. The one thing that <laughs> I, I, I put in my contract, we had one that we did for uh, Disney Week where we had little puppets made of uh, Emma and me. And I said, I want these puppets. And the other like, no, they have to go in the vault. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, this is the one thing. I'm keeping the puppet of me. So I, got, I kept the puppet of me, gave Emma the puppet of her, and then I actually had another puppet made of Linda and then Emma's husband, Sasha. Oh, my God. And so we all have miniature puppets, puppets of herself. That's so cute. That's Would you have stolen it if they weren't going to give it to you? I wouldn't have stolen it, but I would have said, come on, guys, it's going to sit in a dusty trailer. Who, Who wants all? a true puppet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who wants a true puppet? Are you going to repurpose this as Len? I don't think so. So let's keep it for Yeah. Me. And they were fine That's with that. That's good of you. Yeah. I would have taken it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have stolen it. I would have stolen it. Well, I... I'm excited to see what comes in your new f- near future. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I want to see the sport that you're going to build. The oh, fort, yeah. the yeah. project. I want to see you and Taylor working together and see how, and your son with his designs for the fort. Yeah. Um, oh, but we'll also, definitely show you all this that, design. We're going to keep bugging you for advice, parent advice. Yeah, absolutely. You're, gonna, you're our new go to. Okay. Because she's siding with me and saying that it's, it's still just shit. <laughs> Changing it diapers is still and diapers just still shit. just shit. That's yeah. going to be the slogan for this podcast. <laughs> I never, see, I never disagreed. The debate was more between you and John. You just got ganged up on, I feel. I know. You got, do you want to do cloth diapers? Hell no. I mm-hmm. would love to want to. <laughs> My you mom. Know, like, I, would, I would love to want, I, yes. I want yeah. to want to. I like the idea of it, but there are other ways to reduce, reuse, and repurpose yeah, like, or recycle. But Where does my the mom, poo go? My mom did that. She did cloth diapers on us, and she had three kids in diapers at the same Ugh. time. She would order them by a crate, the crate load, and... Guess what happens with all that liquid and stuff? It goes into the cloth, into the fiber yeah, level. Yeah, you can't get it out. Even when you wash it, it doesn't fully come out. That's hours wasted a day. That's, gross. That's it. Think of the water you're wasting. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Every uh, yeah. You would need a the separate idea of machine. trying to yeah this is conserve is a hard one. Toilet with your hands. That's <gasps> disgusting. That is disgusting. <laughs> no, but I want to yeah. see you do it. All right. Well, that's hey, we've <laughs> come to that. Yeah. Flush. Thank you so much. For <laughs> Thank you. Wow, that was actually a really great 
honest conversation that we had with Heather. Yeah, I love that she opened up about her experience with her career and, and being at the top of it on paper, but not feeling happy about it. Yeah, I think, again, as, as you said earlier too, and so many people like on Instagram, for example, on social media, they only ever put forward all the big positives, the smiles and, and all the great things they're doing in their lives, but they kind of bottle up and hide a lot of the negativity or, or things that are really pulling them down or not making them feel satisfied. And I really like it when somebody can embrace all aspects of who they are. And I think that helps them learn who they are better and grow. Yeah, and I, I think it also lets other people see the human in you. And I think if you can, if any of us can use our downfalls as a way to help other people and learn, because we all go through the same stuff, um, then you're helping at least someone. You know? Yeah. You know what? I honestly think the imperfections in all of us is what's beautiful in all of us. I agree. Yeah. I think you're very imperfect, so you're very beautiful. Aw, thanks, boo. You're beautiful, too. <laughs> um, and also, I just want to point out that moving forward, we do need to create musical theater in our house. So once a week, randomly, I'm just going to walk into a room wherever you are and start oh singing, gosh. and you got to go with it. That'd be so sexy. I am here this morning, Linda. But I don't tell you what kind of genre it's going to be. I'll just start. It'll be like sort of like old a lame yeah, brushing your teeth kind yeah. of thing. Very dramatic <laughs> brushing of my teeth. Did you hear my toe knuckle crack? That was your part that, of the instrument. That's yeah, your instrument. That was me. I do feel that you and Heather have a very big similarity. You both love to journal. I love to journal. I don't do it as much as I should. I, I feel like I wish my brain could just print out without filter what I'm thinking because even when I'm journaling, I know like I try really hard to not filter myself, but because it's going from my brain or my feelings to my brain to my hands, like there's a filter and I know it because I, I don't know. That's but, weird. but what is it? What do you get out of journaling? I just like throwing thoughts down on paper because in my head it's like a scribble. Yeah. And the, are you afraid you that you'll it. lose it? It would scare um, me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I am afraid I'll lose a thought or I think it's important to document how you feel because I often get the same feelings over and over. Mm. So. See, that's interesting for me. I, I, I always thought journaling was just like, um, like I like to make notes for myself to remind me of things, but I never really thought of journaling as a way to think of how I'm feeling. You know, when, when I was younger, um, my mom gave me a little Care Bear mm -hmm. journal to make notes in, but she never said it was like, write down how you're feeling. She's just like, write about your day. And yeah. so for me, I literally was writing, like I woke up, I brushed my teeth, I went to school. And so I would do that as a kid. And I think after a couple of weeks, it just, I was like, I don't want to waste more time with this. So it just got shorter and shorter. Like today was good. And that was my whole journal for the day. And so as an adult, I didn't think about that for being sort of like a, an emotional, a way to vent a little bit mm -hmm. or, or just showcase my different emotions on paper. Do you think you would start? Like, do you think it would help you? Maybe. Well, you know how I am. My mind's always racing. I have a million things on the go mm -hmm. in my head. And so it would probably be just like you said, a good thing to streamline my thoughts a little bit onto paper. Mm -hmm. And to get down ideas even. Yeah. Well, I do do that. Yeah. I mean, I just said do-do. 
Um, I, I, I'm, I have notes where I, I, I put down if I have a new show idea yeah. or if I have something fun for an event or yeah. whatever. And speaking of doo-doo, I, like along with journal entries, I always doodle like to go along with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is a way to get stuff out. Yeah, but you're also, you love to draw and sketch. I'm not as big into that as you are. So maybe for me, I have to do it like, I have to like basketball it. Hmm. I'm going to draw, I'm going to journal and basketball. I'm going to pull up one of your drawings right now because we have a shared note and once in a while we'll leave each other notes and you'll put together these really creative, weird, quirky. (laughs) So either I'll sketch something and I'm not an artist like Linda is, or else I'll pull little pictures and put it together and make something creepy. (laughs) Sure. We'll we'll share a couple of our love notes with you guys. All right. We have... Listener mail. Hey, where's my ding dong? Ding dong. This is from Carmar0422. Wait, 0422, does that mean your birthday is the or same as Linda's? Date is April 22nd? It is a great day. That's cool. Okay, Carmar0422. She says, I'm really enjoying your podcast. It makes me think, feel at ease, and sometimes laugh out loud. Thank you for sharing yourselves with us. I had a challenging childhood too, and I feel inspired to continue the hard work of overcoming. Have a great day. Well, thank you for sharing. I mean, that's what this is all about, just to sort of spread the love. And again, with our chat with Heather, it was really showing other people that we are more similar than we all think. Mm-hmm. We all have ups and downs. And well, let's all hop in with Colton Underwood. This was our conversation after his recovery from COVID-19. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing much better and just in it with everybody else. So we're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah, you look you look great. I mean, you look like you're. Are you feeling back to 100? percent Yeah, so I've made a full recovery, and I think I was sort of. Um, I don't want to sound weird, but sort of fortunate that I got it early on. I know it was a little scary. It was for me, it was a little scarier at the time because there was so much unknown. But now that I'm looking back, I'm like, I'm put in a position to be able to help people, and mm-hmm. I'm very lucky that mine only lasted five days of the severe symptoms. And, and everyone else in in the house is. Good. Yeah, thank God. And I think the doctor in Orange County that got me in and got me tested because I think without really knowing for sure, I don't know how, it sounds bad to say, I don't know how serious we really would have taken it. But now that I had a positive test, you know, I isolated myself on the, the third bedroom uh, story of their house. And then we worked with the, the doctor and then the local health department assigned a caseworker for the house just to help us with best practices as far as dropping food off, dropping water off. Mm-hmm. So I think following all those with the masks and the gloves and that all helped keep everybody healthy. Yeah. That's amazing that you have that knowledge now that you can share with everyone, as you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was what was sort of important too, is just to get the messaging across. Cause the time I got diagnosed, I think there was still like, there was a viral video of people partying in Florida for spring break. And I was so like, crazy. guys, this is, serious you know yeah well and something i'm curious about too i mean i'm i mean i know you you were being very cautious when you got when you heard about the issues of corona and and whatnot yet you still end up getting the virus so what's some some information that you've been able to pass on to other people to give that reality check to say you know i'm someone who was cautious and i still got it yeah well i think that's the scariest part about it because i don't know where or when i got it i could have been Mm -hmm. holding it in my body for the two weeks um and been infecting people the whole time and not uh, not known, but I was practicing social distancing and sort of quarantining with everybody else as mm-hmm. as the regulations were starting to come on out, and I still still ended up getting it somehow. So 
Um, I don't, I don't know if, if people are not taking it serious by now, that's a probably an issue. If you're not doing it for yourself, my message would be do it for somebody you love because it affects everybody differently. And especially people with pre-existing conditions, um, like the elderly. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you've recovered, what have you guys been doing to stay healthy, happy, and sane? Well, uh, do you not have hair under there? Is that real? No, no, it's, that was fake. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that was good. Uh, Well, we were that bored where I was like, I'm going to take a bald app and make sure everybody thinks (laughs) you, uh, I didn't think people were really going to take that serious, but I guess it's a possibility. Uh, You know, we all, my hair is getting so long. I I can't manage it. So today's the first day I've actually started combing it more just a little back. Yeah. Uh, But it's, uh, I don't look good with long, fancy hair. I I like shorter hair. So maybe I will go bald one of these days. You never know. I mean, right now is the time to experiment for guys. If you want to grow your hair out and see what it looks like right now would be the time to do it. Yeah. I told you to just grow it out because, you know, screw continuity. You're not filming. So let let my grays out. Now you see all the grays are starting to come through because I haven't been in for my touch ups. Uh, So. How's this for you? Because I know you travel quite a bit and you're used to being, I'm the same way. I'm I'm used to being on the road and being pulled in a thousand different directions. And now all of a sudden I'm confined to one area and I'm like, I haven't left this room or this house. It's nice in a way that we, I'm used to always being on a plane or always flying. And now we've never spent so much time at home. So, you know, Linda and I are really trying to use this as a time to do all the things around the house that we haven't had a chance to do because we're always away. It's, you know, organizing uh, but also just like uh, puzzle nights and cooking together, getting up and doing a little bit of yoga. So yeah, just super low key things, and uh, to use the house as more than just a place to sleep. You know, to actually yeah. hang out. Or like yesterday, I think I fell asleep on the sofa, and I don't remember the last time I did that. Yeah, <laughs> now, you're with um, at your house. It's the family home, right? So who all's there? Uh, so it's Cass's entire family: her her dad, her brother. Um, her sister has been going back and forth between their places in LA, depending on what's been going on. Um, because at first when I was symptomatic, she wanted to be cautious with it all, but it's a whole entire Randolph family and I'm up still on the third bedroom and everybody's, you know, it's a big family. So nice. yeah, yeah. I thank That's them awesome. enough for helping me out. What's your favorite thing about spending this much time together at home? Well, um, I think I drove her nuts when I was a patient cause I'm not a good patient. <laughs> Meaning, you know, I don't like people taking care of me. I like to be able to be a little independent and do my own thing. And I couldn't do that. But you know, and now we're painting. Um, we ordered some paint sets from online. So we've been doing painting, whether we're good or not. It was actually very therapeutic oh, to do. Fun. Nice. Um, we ordered a tie dye and a bunch of white t-shirts. So we're going <gasps> to tie t-shirts. <laughs> we've been That's awesome. Lots of puzzles as well. Um, what are some other things? We Game nights. So there's this app on your phone. You can get it. It's called Jackbox. Jackbox. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Jackbox. That's been a fun one as well. Because then you get to know each other too, right? Um, yeah. With the games on there. You know, with Jackbox, that's going to be something that we're going to do after we're out of isolation as well, which, you know, you would have thought we'd do that more to connect with our friends and family all over the country, but we haven't. Right. So I love it. What, what, what are your favorite games on there? Uh, I mean, obviously, Fibbage is good, uh, yeah. but you know, I have to watch myself because if I'm a good liar around her family, that's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to suck like, at it. Throw it every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> but there was another game where you either have to point, hold up numbers. I'm blanking on the name right now. Forgive me. But oh, it's like Mafia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to detect the liar in the group, and at the end of each round, you have to make a case for why your answer makes sense, but you don't really get to hear what the question yeah, is. Yeah, I can't remember like, the name of it. We, yeah. we we played that too. I, I like it, but it was so frustrating because no matter what I would say, everyone thought I was a liar. 
And it's difficult when people don't understand how to play and they're just like, yeah. it doesn't work if you all vote for, for different people. But no, well, yeah, we've, we've been staying busy. And right now, too, Cass and I are just looking for ways to help out. And um, I've been working with the L.A. firefighters down here. They're they're looking for blood donations. The Red Cross is looking for blood donations, especially with people that have been recovered from uh, Corona. So I'm, yeah. I've been helping mm-hmm. out there and we've been trying to just um, figure out how we can support our community and people just all across the country. That's amazing. Well, I'm, and I'm, I'm really glad too that you're using what happened to you, which was a very serious thing and turning that into a very positive way to um, affect other people or give other people a heads up from your experiences. I mean, that's really what a lot of people need. Like you said, there were people partying on the beaches still yeah. and it's, it blows my mind, but seeing somebody that they all love and, and know and respect, um, giving them a bit more information about your experiences will, will make a difference. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate well, we are going to be game nighting. I'm telling you that much. Yes, yeah. we have to. That, they, we'll do. Everybody we'll do needs to check out that Jackbox game though. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a quick investment and you get, a lot of games. So. Yeah, it's it's good family time too. So we're that's our next call is going to be uh, uh, inviting you guys into one of our epic game nights. Yeah. But thanks for taking the time to chat with yeah. us. And actually, I wanted to ask as well how's how's the book doing? Oh yeah, uh, the book's doing great. Uh, it's on the New York Times bestseller list. So that amazing. Was, yeah, I was really excited for that, and um, more so just to sort of close that chapter of my life and feel like I got control of my life back. It's been so emotional writing it, so therapeutic. So. Um, it's just, a, it's just an exciting time right now because it's sort of closing a chapter and starting a new one. And I'm really excited to do that. That's well, awesome. Hey, everyone is looking for things to do while they're passing the time at home and I'm sure everyone's loving your book. So it, it was exciting to have you on our podcast to, to talk about it as well. Yeah. But, uh, congrats on the success in the New York times bestseller list. Thank you so much. And I have to tell you, your new show is amazing too. That's such a cool concept. Celebrity IOU. Oh, yeah. thanks for oh, watching. It's so fulfilling. It, it was honestly amazing to see another side of the celebrities, um, something that people don't get to see and to see them truly like wanting to give back and do so much to give back to someone they love is amazing. So, Well, the lineup yeah. looks great. I can't wait to tune in. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. We got uh, Viola Davis, Ruby Wilson, Michael Bublé, and Jeremy Renner. So yeah, still lots of big names. So cool. So. Well, we'll talk to you All right. soon. We'll see you at game night. All right. Thanks. Talk soon. Thanks, buddy. Bye, guys. See ya. We're going to continue sharing with you guys. We wanted you to give us your feedback. Hit us up, feedback at athomepodcast.net or on Instagram. At at home. And thank you, Brandon Angelino, our podcast producer. And Our researcher. <laughs> and also I want to say a big thank you to Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson. Guys, I love our podcast theme song. Is that what we call it a theme song? Sure. Our theme song feels like home. It's just a great sound. Thank you, guys. And it's a great message. It is. This does feel like home. Sitting down, chatting with you. It is home. Having fun. Making love. Making love? (laughs) Did you just say making love? I was going to, and then I I stopped myself. And then you said it, so you said it. Guys, you you know, we just, we forgot to tell you, we just like to sit down, (laughs) interview, like roll, record for the podcast while making sweet, sweet love. Yeah. This podcast is a labor of love. Okay. So, yes. Yes. We're at the end. We're at the end. I'm going to thank you guys in advance. Thank Thank you. you. And love you. Love you. 
ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT is awesome and believes that the smarter the home, the safer the security. I can't wait to see what they do next. They're going to put Google Nest doorbells on the moon. (laughs) Actually, I'd like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with our Google Nest doorbell. I do love how when we're out at dinner, we can see exactly what's going on at the front door. And we can control our ADT smart devices like lights, locks, the security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. Mm-hmm. All you have to say is, hey, Google, to get started. Well, I think it's great for people to help protect what matters most with all of this. Plus, 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Hey, Google. <laughs>